The Bible Study Podcast, episode 157. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Acts with chapter 20. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Chapter 20 in Acts deals with Paul's third missionary journey, which started in Acts 19. And when we talk about this as his third missionary journey, this is really his third journey. And it is predominantly a journey that is to go back to the churches that he founded in the first two. And so Paul is going through the region where he has already been, picking it up in verse 1. When the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and finally arrived in Greece, where he stayed three months. Because the Jews made a plot against him just as he was about to sail for Syria, he decided to go back through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, and Timothy also, and Tychicus and Trophimus from the province of Asia. These men went on ahead and waited for us at Troas, but we sailed from Philippi after the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and five days later joined the others at Troas, where we stayed seven days. The first thing we should note in that is that Luke has rejoined Paul. That paragraph started in the third person and ended in the first person. So it appears that Paul picked up Luke at Philippi, and that perhaps Luke has been there the entire time helping with the church there, being one of the church elders, being someone who is helping raise that church, because you'll recall that Paul had to leave Philippi fairly quickly, and we knew that he had left someone behind. So he's going back through this region. He has left Ephesus where there was the riot, and he has gone back through Macedonia and Greece. And again, there is a plot against his life by the Jews who are, at this point, the biggest opposition to the church. Now, it isn't very long until the biggest opposition to the church will be the Roman government, and that the Jewish people will be dispersed throughout the Roman region. Because in front of us, there are three Jewish-Roman wars including the first one, which causes the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. The other thing that's interesting to notice as I trip over the different names is it talks about quite a few people who are Paul's co-workers, who are traveling with Paul. And Paul is not, as we've said before, in ministry by himself. Even though he is the person who is the main spokesperson, he is traveling with a number of different people who are supporting him, who are helping with the ministry. And one would guess people with different gifts. And so Luke is not necessarily someone who gets up and preaches like Paul does, but when Luke is left behind as someone who is helping with the church, it's possible that Luke has pastoral gifts or shepherding gifts that Paul doesn't have. And so really it's a small glimpse into the fact that the church is composed of numerous people and probably numerous people with different gifts. Continuing on, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. 
Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. I've always been charmed, amused. I don't know how to talk about the different reactions I have to this story. It is a great story that talks about the power of God clearly in terms of the story of Eutychus, who falls out the third story window, dies, and is raised from death because of the power of God through the prayers of Paul. But the part of the story that I love here is, for those of you who think your pastor preaches for a long time, Paul is talking for so long, Paul talked on and on, it says, because he's not sure he's going to get back to this place. He's not sure he's going to get back to Troas. And so he's talking on and on until basically not only people are falling asleep, people are falling asleep and falling out of windows. Now, that's not bad enough, but... When he raises Eutychus back from the dead, or when God raises Eutychus back from the dead using Paul, which is more appropriate, he goes on and speaks some more. He goes on and preaches until dawn, because he really has some things that he wants to convey to this church that are important to say, and he's not sure if he's going to get a chance to do it again. And there's no record that Paul ever does get back to Troas. So this was worth their time. But they're in this warm room with lots of lamps, and, you know, it was kind of difficult for them to pay attention, apparently, or at least for Eutychus, too, this young man. But I just love this. Next time you think your Sunday service is getting too long, think of this story and think of Eutychus and don't complain. (laughs) And then continuing on, Paul's farewell to the Ephesian elders. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When we met at Assos, we took him aboard and went on to Mytilene. The next day we set sail from there and arrived off Chios. The day after that we crossed over to Samos and on the following day at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost." From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you, from the day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks, that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace." Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth 
in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. That's a rather large section there, but because it is Paul's farewell address, I wanted to do it kind of all in one place and give you a chance to hear it as they would have heard it, all as part of one address. So Paul is going back along what is now the coast of Turkey to make his way back to Jerusalem, trying to get there by Pentecost, which would be one of the major feast days, both of the church and also of his Jewish heritage. Because Paul, although we talk about the Jews opposing Christianity, remember, a lot of the church, including Paul, are Jewish at this point. And Paul wants to get back to Jerusalem, not just because it is a Christian holiday, but also probably for the Jewish holiday that is associated with that. And so as he's going back, he's in a hurry, so he doesn't want to stop in Ephesus, but he sends for the elders so that he can have this address, so he can have this time to talk to them, because he does not think he will see them again. Did you notice that he is saying, everywhere we stop, The prophets, basically, are speaking forth in the Holy Spirit, saying that he is going to face prison and hardships. He is heading towards Jerusalem in a similar way that Jesus did, knowing that trouble was there. Now, Jesus knew he was heading towards his death. Paul just knows that he's heading towards imprisonment, and he doesn't know what is lying ahead of him, but he is still heading in that direction. He's not doing what Jonah did in turning and finding a ship heading in the other direction. He is being faithful to the calling of God, even though that calling he is told specifically is going to be difficult. And so because of that, he wants to have this chance to especially be with the Church of Ephesus. He spent three years with them. There are close bonds here. He talks about how he had preached with many tears. There's an emotional bond here. He loves these people. And so he wants what's best for them, and so he wants one last chance to tell them to be on their guard, that after he leaves, that there will be false teachers, that there will be challenges to this church. There will be challenges of people coming in with other teachings and such. And so he says, you are the ones who need to watch out for them. You are the ones who need to shepherd them. You're the elders of this church and you're responsible for them. So be on your guard day and night. Paul also mentions that they know him. They've had a chance to get to know him in the three years that he spent there. And so they know that, for instance, he's not doing this for money. Because while he was with them, he earned his own keep. This is not somebody who is trying to make a quick buck. This is not somebody who is out for his own benefit. This is somebody who is doing this out of love for them and love for God. And so he's encouraging them to emulate that. 
that basically, okay, you're elders, but notice how when I was with you, I earned my own keep. Notice how I put you ahead of me. Now I want you to act that way. And then he gets a chance to say goodbye. And it's a tearful goodbye because, again, he does not think he will make it back, and there is no record that he does. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or join us on Facebook at the fan page. Just search for the Bible Study Podcast from Facebook. And again, I want to ask a question. Is anybody interested in doing a trip to the Holy Land? Not necessarily immediately. It would probably be a ways out, maybe even a year out. But I'm asking because I'm starting to do a trip with the Amateur Traveler to Egypt. We're planning that for, and you would all be welcome to come as well, but for Egypt in November. But I'm working with somebody who also does religious trips. And so if there's an interest, then I'd like to pursue it. And if there's not, then there's no reason to do so. So if that's something that would be of interest, just let me know. Probably drop me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment. And then we could see whether there's enough interest that it's worth pursuing. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.